Hello, all you flighty astrologers and grumpy Supreme Court justices, and welcome to episode 27 of A Bookish Affair, where we two Shannons will be your fellow travelers through the world of happily ever after. I'm Shandy, she's Shannon, and we love romance. We are the co-founders of the Lake Oswego Public Library's Romance Book Club, A Bookish Affair. We read and discuss diverse and inclusive love stories every second Sunday of the month at the library when it's open and on WebEx for the foreseeable future. If you are interested in joining a virtual discussion uh, or have feedback for us or suggestions for the club or the podcast, or maybe you just want to say hello, check out the show notes for our emails and the link to our bookish affair page on LOPL.org. I keep forgetting to change this. Uh, in our notes, but we're actually switching to Zoom, or at least we're trying to switch to Zoom. We're going to we're gonna do Zoom for February and see how it goes. Um, you'll still want to contact us because we'll give you then the Zoom link, which we're not posting publicly. Um, I can see you changing it in our <laughs> notes right now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so possibly switching from WebEx to Zoom should be a little more user-friendly, a little bit, hopefully not quite as clunky as WebEx can be. So um, yeah, anyway, we'll keep you posted on that. But either way, let us know so that we can get you um, the Zoom link. All right, back to our regularly scheduled podcast. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the ancestral, traditional, and unceded territory of the Kalapuya, Cowlitz, Multnomah, and Clackamas peoples on which we live, work, and record this podcast. Okay, I want to talk about the inauguration for a sec. It was yesterday, so today's Thursday. Yesterday was the inauguration. If this were the Olympics, my gold medal would absolutely go to Amanda Gorman, indisputably the queen of the inauguration for her amazing poem, her equally amazing outfit. Uh, my mother-in-law has already pre-ordered her children's book, uh, which is called Change Things, a children's anthem, and is uh, illustrated by Lauren Long, who's kind of a big deal. Um, he actually illustrated um, Barack Obama's uh, picture book for his daughters. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a coup, I think, to get uh, to get Lauren Long to illustrate your your first children's book. Anyway, that doesn't come out until September, but my mother-in-law has it on pre-order. Pretty excited. Um, okay, so my silver and bronze medals, though, also up there on the podium. <laughs> silver goes to the guy who Purell wiped the podium after every single speaker. I see you, Purell wipes guy. <laughs> And bronze goes to the rando, who is probably actually an important figure in the government, who is carrying a Trader Joe's reusable grocery bag inside the Capitol. I love that guy. <laughs> I am that guy. <laughs> what? It wasn't Bernie Sanders. He was like meme ready with his fantastic mittens. <laughs> okay. Bernie's definitely a runner up. He doesn't quite make my podium, but honestly, there really are so many good Bernie memes. Um, my favorite so far uh, someone photoshopped him into the picture of Roosevelt, Churchill, and Stalin at the Yalta Summit. <laughs> it looks, he looks right at home. <laughs> it's so good. Well, you know, of course, seeing a woman sworn in as vice president for the first time in America's history was kind of a big deal. Uh, pretty great moment to share with your six-year-old daughter, or it would have been if I didn't have a call right at 830. <laughs> How rude. I mean, they should know. Yeah. No, call or not, that was a historic moment. Our first female vice president and a woman of color, no less. It was historic. And and 
the shared moment. I think it really was a shared moment for all women and girls. Like it just felt monumental. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Monumental. I, I was, since, since I was on that call, I just muted, um, I, I just put it on YouTube and muted my computer because I really just wanted to see Kamala take the oath of office. So I got to watch that. Um, although then, <laughs> then when it came time, you know, I was, I was on this call and you know, it was kind of going on for a long time. And um, so I'm kind of just like silently watching Lady Gaga and silently watching JLo <laughs> watching everybody else. And then I, and then it was, you know, Joe, Joe Biden was about to be, uh, you know, about to take the oath, but I, I, I had to like click over to another window to place a library hold. Um, and I was like, this is only going to take me like 30 seconds. It only takes 30 seconds for someone to take the oath of office. I completely missed it. But I still got to see Kamala. So that was, you know, that was what I was really tuning in for. Um, Thank but- goodness for reruns throughout the entire day. <laughs> and also, like, let me just say that Claire and I are extremely excited for a Kamala Harris paper doll um, to join our Michelle Obama and Meghan Markle and Catherine Duchess of Cambridge paper dolls. Uh, that is happening May 21 release date. Um, may or may not have pre-ordered. Anyway, did you have any favorite inaugural moments? Any favorite coats? The coat game was strong at this event. <laughs> Holy moly. The the power suits were phenomenal. But I do want to acknowledge Purell guy. He definitely had strong wiping game and just a very necessary role. Not the most glamorous role, but necessary. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, dude, the monochrome power suits worn by these, like, powerful and, and um, history-making women, Kamala Harris, Dr. Jill Biden, Hillary Clinton, Michelle Obama, Amanda Gorman. I mean, they were just stunning. And I'm even going to give a shout out to Garth Brooks. I realized that his appearance was not without controversy, but maybe because I love, love the song Amazing Grace. But I just, I don't know, like, I felt like it was symbolically like a really good move to include him. And he did a really beautiful acapella, Amazing Grace. I really, I, 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 how do you choose, how do you choose your, your performers for that day? Like, it just, did it not seem slightly random to you? Like, Lady Gaga, JLo, Garth Brooks. Like there was just something about it that was slightly random, but I'll take it because each of them used their, like did their respective role beautifully. Like the national anthem, um, you know, this this country, tis of the, like, I mean, they were, they were really well done. And somehow I missed every single one. <laughs> so obviously I have to go back. Totally missed Garth Brooks' performance because I was in the bathroom. Uh, I came back from the bathroom in time to see him like, you know, he had just finished up and then he was running around and hugging everybody he saw. And we were like, Garth, put on your mask. Like, do you know how old some of those people are? <laughs> I feel like sometimes throughout the day, because the TV was on all day running recaps. Um, I, I want to say that all of these people who were up there got like tested several times. Yes. But, you know, but still, but yeah, the absence of his mask was shocking. Uh, my partner was yelling at all the mask and social distancing violators 
So, you know, there, there was some, there was some, you know, it became a game later on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Claire came in at some point. Um, she did not watch the whole thing. She came in at some point and she was like, she looked at the TV and she was like, those people are not six feet apart. <laughs> you were right, my child. They are not. <laughs> oh, that's so true. You know, I also want to acknowledge the firefighter and union leader from Georgia, um, Andrea Hall. She led the uh, Pledge of Allegiance with both spoken and in sign language. Like that was so unusual. And frankly, another like super powerful symbol of inclusion and unity, which was a strong theme and a very and very much what the inaugurate the inaugurate that <laughs> the inaugural speech was all about. Um, I, you know, my partner is hearing impaired, so it really touched him. It was just a really incredible moment for both of us. But I want to go back because at, at the top of this, we said that the real star, the queen, the shining light, the ray of sunshine <laughs> was Amanda Gorman. Dude, at 22 years old, she is a phenomenal poet and performer. Like her, her hand gestures were just so beautiful and just so on point, on point, like to me, she stole the event 100%. One of the commentators I was listening to um, likened her to a preacher and her poem to a sermon. And I absolutely agree. Like everything about her was just bold, powerful, eloquent, graceful, and just absolutely compassionate. It, yeah, I don't know. She just she just blew me away. I did not, you know, I, I saw her name in the schedule and I was like, hi, Amanda Gorman no idea who that is and then whoa she just started talking I mean of course I noticed her first for her power coat and I was like who is that young woman in the beautiful yellow coat um with the gorgeous red headband and then she took the podium and just wow yeah as many as many power coats as we saw at that event uh I think hers was the best (laughs) well yeah that yellow like talk about a power color and also just a joyful ray of sunshine. Yeah. She she crushed it. She was so cool. Um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna be definitely gonna be YouTubing that moment. Um yeah, you know, it's <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a person to watch. Yeah, yeah, for real. She's a person to watch. Yeah. Oh, and her I went and followed her on Instagram and her Instagram stories were so cute. She was just like she was so star starstruck taking selfies with all of you know with the Obamas and with the Clintons and she was just you know I think she was there with her mom and you could tell they were just having a blast at some point her mom took off her high heels because they were obviously too uncomfortable so she like did a little short video of her mom like walking in stocking feet in the Capitol <laughs> it's just so, it's just so cute I love those yeah I I it it's it, she was so poised and so. Um, so fabulous and it, it was also just really cute to see her you know just being like a kid geeking out <laughs> well Oprah I guess I, I read somewhere and and I haven't corroborated this but I guess Oprah Winfrey gave her her earring yes I heard that too and the ring and the ring that she was wearing and apparently the ring was um 
a like a cage with a bird in it. So in honor of Maya Angelou. So cool. I just thought that was just, I don't know, that talk about like an amazing gift from another incredible, you know, public figure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I don't think that I've ever, uh, I don't know if I've ever watched an inauguration all the way through. I don't think I have. And I have to say like, you know, MST3Kng these kinds of things are just like one of the great joys of my marriage just the like constant commentary that joe and i are doing <laughs> like, like you know i made all these jokes about like you know how many coronavirus particles out of your average tuba <laughs> like are maybe that's like good questions not the way to go during a pandemic i don't know and like where does everybody go to the bathroom and who knew how who knew there were so many steps in the Capitol building, which we were thinking about because uh, because Joe Dickinson was really nervous that Joe Biden was going to take a spill on one of those endless staircases. <laughs> Fortunately, he didn't. He was afraid. although I don't know if you saw that moment where Kamala, like her heel, like twisted a little bit at the end. And then she just like totally recovered really fast and gave a really cute thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, adorable. You know, and it was also like we we're you know, we were Claire was sort of in and out of the room, but um you know, it was also a fun exercise to try to explain things like, uh, like, how do you explain the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier or, um, you know, like what it means to like, like, what does a 21 gun salute mean? And, uh, you know, what are, what is artillery and what are blanks and, and, and the District of Columbia, like, how do you explain that to a six-year-old? So in our homeschool, we call this civics. <laughs> Dude, I, I'll tell you that I feel like I've had a crash course in civics and government this past year. It's not easy and it's not complicated. Like I remember studying this stuff like in, in high school and in college and I don't know, it might clearly like it did not hold my interest. <laughs> so like it, that is, that's not easy. Like there's, you know, but yeah, it's like, how do you explain that to a six-year-old, but man, there is so much pomp and circumstance. Wow. <laughs> the ritual, the decorum, it's tremendous. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell like everything was, you know, and you, you knew everybody had rehearsed an awful lot, but we had this moment where, you know, we're watching the, the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and you know, I'm Googling, like, who is actually buried at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and you know, providing background commentary. And then, you know, and then and then all the um, all, all the military folks saluted and everybody else pretty much had their hands over their hearts. But then Biden saluted. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is that an etiquette breach? Can he do that? And Joe said, well, he's kind of the commander in chief. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, that's probably like I would be the person who would just reflexively salute in a totally inappropriate situation. <laughs> You know, with the world watching, Biden is definitely setting a tone with his actions. But, you know, for the record, I am also that person who would reflexively do something incredibly inappropriate at the wrong moment, which is probably why I appear more like a deer in headlights most of the time. <laughs> I'm like, what should I, what can I, I should just do nothing. Yeah, nothing is best. It's probably good that we're not on the world stage. Like. To my knowledge, I have been on local television twice and I I made an absolute 
fool of myself most of the time. <laughs> I have been on local TV, but because I didn't know it, there like I couldn't do anything embarrassing. <laughs> I was also on the front page of my town's local paper, but that was staged. <laughs> and thank goodness. I am so much more comfortable working behind the scenes. Or at least I'm content to be less of a face and more of a voice here on this platform because Lady Gaga and J-Lo, I am not. <laughs> I mean, we may not be wearers of power coats, but I, for one, am wearing my power leggings right now. <laughs> so, and that is what you get to do when you are a disembodied boy. <laughs> All right, so I guess here's the moment where I tell you what I've been reading. Is that a, <laughs> uh, let's see if I can remember. Um, so I finished Reverb by Anna Zabo. I liked it. It's a really good body bodyguard trope, as well as having a trans hero, which I really love. I also read Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfleur. Uh, I just have to. Um, <laughs> sweet lesbian romance set in Seattle and features an astrologer. And, you know, because I love astrology. Um, I also listened to the nonfiction book, Why Fish Don't Exist by Lulu Miller, which at first glance is a short biography about David Starr Jordan, a biologist around the turn of the 20th century and the founding president of Stanford University. But the author, Lulu Miller, she weaves in her personal narrative and meditations on how we deal with heartbreak, chaos, perseverance, and science. It wasn't what I expected, but it was really well written and, and definitely deserving of his appearance on a bunch of best of 2020 lists. Um, one last title. I also started our February book club selection, Snapped, by Alexis, Alexa Martin. I'm loving it. It's also pretty poignant, dealing with some very important and weighty themes, such as racial injustice, racial identity, how the NFL deals with retired players with CTE, grief, loss. Usually I read fast, but this one I'm having to put down and like really take my time. It really packs a punch. And I'm having to sit with it. So a lot to think about, a lot to process. Um, but good. I'm I'm glad that we'll be able, I'm glad that we'll be able to discuss this in February. So um, what are you reading? I have not yet started Snapped. Um, but based on your review and some other reviews I've been reading, I'm very excited to. And it's, you know, as you were saying that, it's it's really um, you know, talking about reti retired players with, um, you know, with after effects of brain injuries, um, that really came up in The Right Swipe by Alicia Rye as well. And it's really interesting that these sort of sports themed romances, which you, which you might think if you hadn't read any of them, and maybe, so, you know, I'm sure some of them are just more light and fluffy and fun. Um, but there's a lot um you can explore a lot of really interesting and important issues in 
a sports romance, especially a football romance in, you know, in these times as we are, you know, as players are, as players are taking knees um, to, uh, to support racial, racial justice, like happens, you know, which is something that happens in this book as players are, um, you know, as, as you're getting those sort of those tragedies of, of these men who are just suffering from having been knocked on the head their entire careers. Um, there's sort of the dangers of that. And then how do we, um, you know, how do we educate, how do we educate people? How do we, um, you know, support people that are suffering from those injuries? Oh, there's just, wow, they're, you know, you just think, oh yeah, football romance, go long. But <laughs> there's, there's just so much, uh, there's so much more there. There's so, so many opportunities. Rich um, material right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited to read this. And honestly, the whole series, because this is number four in the series. True. Um, and Alexa Martin is married to a former NFL player. So she kind of knows what she's talking about, I'm guessing. And, and she does have a beautiful introduction to the book. And she, you know, she really was just like, this isn't projecting, you know, because the quarterback takes a knee and it's like, this isn't talking about Colin Kaepernick's um, story. This is, you know, a different story. Um, and then she, she also then says, my protagonist is biracial, I'm biracial. And what does that mean in like the grand scope of things? How do we identify in um, conversations about race? And so that's been, that's really like, that's been a really interesting one. Um, and I think part of what makes it slightly uncomfortable for me is I, I do feel like I've, this past year has really offered me an opportunity to learn more about myself and my understanding of racial politics in the US. And I am embarrassed to say that I, I, I'm really new to certain terms like white privilege and white um, fragility and intersectionality. And, and those are really new for me. And, you know, this idea that colorblindness was really good um, when in fact it, it kind of overlooks some really glaring injustices. Uh, and so reading um, Elliot or Elle's story, you know, she, her mother was black and died when she was very young and her father was Irish American and he taught her to be colorblind. And it's like, so she doesn't totally identify with the um the stand that the quarterback um quentin is taking like she doesn't identify with it she just thinks well this is just a pain in my tush because i have to figure out how to clean this up like she doesn't understand like um so it's, it's really fascinating and it part of what why i'm reading it so slow is because these moments make me very uncomfortable because i really identify with them as someone who is old enough to know better uh, but for whatever reason, in my my moving about my life and and this in this world, I have been blinded to what a lot of these things mean and a lot of these issues. So, so it's really it's a really like it's loaded. 
but it's really well done. And there's, there's a lot of moments of humor. Um, it's definitely a slow burn. Like I want like more romance to kind of break up some of the heaviness. Um, but so it's a slow burn, but like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's good. Yes. I am looking forward to reading it and also for our, to our Valentine's day discussion with the group. And then to the recap that we will do um i'm guessing it's, it's probably going to be another long recap like kind of like how we spent almost the entire episode on ladies guide to celestial mechanics because there is so much to talk about like we're, you're probably you folks are probably in for another long recap um and i for one am on board with it uh, <laughs> okay so uh so i'm not reading that what am i reading um oh this is not something that i'm reading either but uh, I do have a piece of news from my reading world. Um, my dad was in town for a brief visit over the weekend. While he was here, he mentioned that he's between books. And uh, he asked me to loan him a romance. What? This could be... I don't know. Is this the first documented case of a non-romance reader attempting a romance romance? And not, you know, not a crossover, but a romance romance because of this podcast. I think it might that be. That we know of, yes. That we know of. <laughs> and I should say that I don't know if my mother-in-law, Rita, has cracked Forbidden, um, which is the Beverly Jenkins that I sent her for Christmas. Um, she wrote me a really cute thank you note that said in part, you know, it's like, you know, dear Buffy, which is what, um, which is what Joe and his mom call me. Um, dear Buffy, thank you so much for the lovely book i've never owned a book with the shirtless with a shirtless man on the cover before <laughs> yes <laughs> check that one off to <laughs> do list so so anyway so uh i'm sure after the read listens to this she will fill me in on whether she has started forbidden and whether she is in fact the first person to read a romance because of this podcast so we'll see um it might be neck and neck with grandpa mike and rita right now <laughs> so, so okay so my dad's request you know, after I picked my jaw up off the floor, um, I stared at the romance shelf, which is the top of a bookshelf in our living room that is too high for Claire to reach. Because <laughs> she can read anything. And I don't want to explain everything. <laughs> She's six. Uh, so <laughs> I have limits. Um, so I finally decided on Hamilton's Battalion for a couple of reasons. One is that my dad reads almost no fiction. He vastly prefers um, you know, sort of historical nonfiction. He likes biographies. Um, the very few novels I'm aware of him having read are historicals. Um, I made him read The Killer Angels by Michael Shara um, a few years ago. And I like, that is a novel, but it's also, it's, it's based on a ton of really, um, a, a ton of really robust historical research. So I felt like that would be a good, you know, sort of jump to fiction for him. Um, and he did read that, uh, but I don't know that he's read much fiction since. But definitely nonfiction is his wheelhouse. Um, so anyway, so I thought a historical would be the way to go. The other one is that I really trust the authors in this collection. Um, Rose Lerner, Courtney Milan, Alyssa Cole. And I thought it would give, you know, being three stories in one, I thought it would give him a really interesting um, sort of cross-section of historical of historical romance. You've got uh, you've got interracial romance, you've got a uh, romance between two men, you've got a romance between two women, um, you've got a second chance, uh, I faked my own death and escaped from our 
um, our difficult marriage. And then I ran into you in, (laughs) you know, uh, while posing as a man uh, to fight in the Revolutionary War, you know, that old awkward old chestnut. Um, (laughs) You know, it's got a little bit of everything. And I will say that I, I ended up loving Topaz by Beverly Jenkins, which I think I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was in the middle of it at that point. And I, probably my favorite Jenkins so far, I just got a huge kick out of it. Um, and, you know, my dad really likes Westerns, so I would have given him that if I had had a copy, um, but I didn't. So Hamilton's Battalion, it was. I told him that I will be reporting on his progress uh, on this very podcast. So so Grandpa Mike, the world is listening. I mean, you know, sort of. Some some select few people in the world are listening. <laughs> you know, this is a big big step, Shandy, like both in terms of like your family and as a reader's advisory librarian. It's exciting too, like and and it's exciting for you too, Grandpa Mike. Like I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you think of the anthology. <laughs> See, like accountability, you know, he could, he could say, you know, it's not my cup of tea. And I would be like, okay, no worries. But now, I mean, now if he gives up, he's disappointing you. (laughs) 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 Nothing like a little light manipulation. Parents do want them to. Anyway, um, I am also speaking of things my dad might enjoy, actually. Um, I am. I got an arc of Stacey Abrams' upcoming thriller. Wow! So excited! I was so pumped to get that. It's called While Justice Sleeps, and I think it might be the first political thriller I've ever read. Um, so, as as such, I'm having a little bit of a hard time following sort of the, you know, there's a conspiracy and there's some secret operatives, and I don't, you know, I, I don't think that I'm supposed to understand everything yet. But there's a nagging feeling that maybe other people would be understanding more of what was happening than I, <laughs> um, you know, I think I, I kind of gave a little plot synopsis in our Stacey Abrams episode a few weeks ago. Um, the heroine Avery Keene is a clerk for exceedingly grouchy Supreme court justice Howard Wynn. Um, he's the swing vote on a very controversial case, which could make, uh, you know, just sort of make or break uh, the um, biotechnology and pharmaceutical industry uh, but then he falls into a coma and some people are very interested and invested in him never coming out of that coma. And he left all, he's left all these secret clues for Avery um, and made her his, uh, his power of attorney. Um, and yeah, anyway, so he's kind of, it's kind of like a, there, there are a lot of chess references and she's only just now starting to figure out what exactly it is that, this grouchy old man in a coma wants her to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's very, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, please just nobody ever do this to me. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> I will not figure out your well, chest. She was expecting to be like poisoned or harmed in some way that he had to leave a scavenger hunt. That's yeah. terrifying. That is not how I want to live my life. No. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah anyway it's pretty it's pretty hard to put down and I have to say I'm enjoying it more than the romance of hers I tried to read back in um back in the summer and I think that was because that one had a serial killer in it and it was just too scary um so this is the this is an appropriate level of scary for me 
And I think there might be a, a tinge of romance coming up. Um, it's, I feel like it could go either way at this point. There's definitely, Wait a minute. you know, a young woman she's sort of drawn to. Hold up. What do you mean, like, your level of scary? Like, you read horror for fun. Like, Tana French and Stephen King. Like, what is your level of, like, scary? <laughs> Um, because well, for one thing, you know, horror being um, being often supernatural. Okay, I can deal with sort of supernatural horror. Um, what I have a harder time with is in in stories that deal with murder. Um, you know, women and children are sort of disproportionately the victims yeah. of this kind of violence and so even though i think in that in that selena montgomery book i think the serial killer was sort of an equal you know he was he was murdering both men and women so it was not a guy girl thing um and uh anyway it was just um i don't know that there was something about that that just felt too too real real world to me Um, whereas if you and there are certainly Stephen King's that I can't read anymore because like bad stuff happens to children or um yeah anywhere where he's got kind of like a oh no there's somebody in this town who's uh who's murdering children or um you know murdering young women like I I won't touch those give me give me horror that is based on things that hopefully are not real (laughs) and that and that totally makes sense like you know it's like murder mysteries are difficult for me um supernatural there there's a certain amount that you can kind of disconnect from could that really happen yeah yeah exactly (laughs) totally and you know i read a bunch of stephen graham jones this last year and um it, you know, the only good Indians was so brilliant. And I just, uh, I loved it. And it was very much, you know, it, it was in the real world, but also not, not of this world. Um, because, you know, elk do not usually return from the dead bent on revenge. Um, and so there was, a, <laughs> you know, there's a, a strong supernatural element to that, um, as there is to most of the Stephen Graham Jones that I've read. And I am, I, I'm able to deal with that in a way that I'm not always able to deal with, um, you know, sort of real life murder and mayhem and, uh, you know, gratuitous violence and things. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that, does that sort of answer your question? Yeah, that, that totally <laughs> makes sense. Well, I can't wait to hear your thoughts um, on while justice be- sleeps. And I will say, I think we've talked about Stacey Abrams writing her first book her first novel like when she was in her third year of you know law school and and you know that I would say that 2020 was kind of the year of Stacey Abrams and 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 for her to like have this book coming out this year it's just like how like who (laughs) who finds the time to write like you know like I just I'm sort of that person I can't multitask like I get to like choose like one thing and I just stay in that lane like hot buckwheat cereal for days in the morning like that's that's routine you know that's 
<laughs> I know. I, I, I can't think beyond anything else. Some people are just, I don't know. They're, they're so, they're so smart and talented. It's almost sickening. <laughs> it's amazing. We need those people. Clearly we need those people. I am not one of those people. No, nor am I. Um, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you know, in all the spare time that she had this year, she just happened to write a political thriller. She wrote a thriller. Yeah. You know, just oh, and this she's probably one of those really dedicated people that's like, I get up at 4 a.m. and then I write for two hours every single day. Um, and and once again I say to those people, more for you and thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's that's appropriate. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Oh, okay. What? I have one more piece of book news. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So um, you loved Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin. Um, we've talked about it many times on this podcast. And you told me recently that she has a new book coming out in the spring. It's called Hana Khan Carries On. You were very excited about it. I am also very excited about it. May have just gotten an arc. Uh, what? Yes. Did you know? Galley! <laughs> you gotta get on net galley, dude. You gotta. Oh, yeah. Man. yeah, I mean, it will it will start to own your life, but but truly. I mean, if you don't, if not now, when? Um <laughs> anyway, did you know that the heroine is a podcaster? She has a podcast, isn't that cool? Um, it's like totally based on my life. <laughs> Like not at all, but I'm so excited for this book! Yay! Yay. So awesome. I'm like I'm doing Kermit arms right now. Huh? Very much with the Kermit arms. Um, yeah, so exciting. That's going to be a good one. The cover is also beautiful. Like the cover of Aisha at last is really pretty. This one is is similar, but it just has this kind of like pastel rainbow colors. Anyway, it's lovely. Get on that galley. You won't regret it. There you go. Oh, There's my there's my net galley pitch for the week um okay let's do crossover corner uh we are running a little low on time but i still want to do crossover corner because you have a crossover this week and i want you yeah to- i recently gave a dear friend of mine a book as a gift the music shop by rachel joyce and i think i'm fairly certain we've talked about um rachel joyce because i i consider her to be romance adjacent um, so technically, the music shop is not a romance, but it's super sweet and revolves around the power of music and the power of love. And yeah, have have we talked about this anyway? I I gave it as a gift, and it just it just reminded me that this is a great crossover book, and I loved it so much when I read it. So, and now I'm going to have Huey Lewis in the news stuck in my head all day. So thank you for saying the power of love. <laughs> I am here for you because Huey Lewis in the news is awesome. <laughs> That's the power of. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. I think I better put that on my playlist for Claire. Where I, the one that I just add random songs from my youth into it. And she says, why is this song on the playlist? And I'm like, because it was really important to me when I was 26. Okay. <laughs> She'll be like, okay and then and then she'll say I don't know if I like this one and then three days later it's all she wants me to play (laughs) I have a Huey Lewis antidote of my childhood 
Um, mm-hmm. One day, in one of those rare instances, my mom let me stay home from school because I was sick. I, in secret, signed up to be on the Huey Lewis and the News fan club. <laughs> so I filled out my card. This is like before email and, every, and like internet and everything. So you did everything on like postcards and I got it from like a magazine or something. So I put it downstairs to mail out. Sometime in the afternoon, my mom came upstairs and she hands me my letter. She's like, you need a stamp on this. <laughs> and I was so mortified that she saw what it was because it was so clearly like the Huey Lewis and News fan club, you know, P.O. Box. I never did send it. Oh. But my heart was crushed. Oh. Anyway, there's my Huey Lewis and the News set, um, <laughs> little story for you oh that's an opportunity missed right there wow for lack of a stamp (laughs) lack of a stamp which i I mean that was like 20 cents back then like five cents ten cents we could have changed the whole course of your life you just don't know (laughs) oh my gosh real like sliding doors moment (laughs) I was gonna say, I, there, there's, there's a story right there. Here's your what if. Oh my gosh! I want you to write that romance. <laughs> Imagine the people I would have met. Oh my gosh! Henry <laughs> Lewis and the News fan, the fan club. Oh, so good. <laughs> My stomach hurts. This is awesome. Oh, all right. We are we are running low on time, so I'm going to save our truly great honey romance title for next week. It's a good Sorry, one. Folks. No, uh, oh my gosh, no. This is so much better than any honey romance. Title. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Yeah, we're running out of time, so let's maybe we should wind this one up. All right, listeners. We would love to hear from you. Also, what are you reading these days? Are there any fan clubs you've signed up to re- recently? Um, you can find our emails on the Bookish Affair page on LOPL.org. You can comment on an LOPL social media post, or you can find us on our bookstagrams at The Knitterly Bookworm and at Shandy B. Reads. Yay! please come find us. And if you'd like to join us for our Valentine's Day book club discussion of Snapped, what better way to spend the day of love? Um, That discussion of Snapped by Alexa Martin, um, please just let us know. We will add you. uh, We will send you the Zoom link because that's the thing that we're doing now, Zoom. Um, Yeah, Zoom. So we will send you that link and we would absolutely love to have you. It would just be such a delight um, we've had a couple of new faces at almost every book club um, for the past couple of months. And it's just been really cool to meet people in our community and beyond. And um, yeah, we are interested in what you have to say. And we're interested in hanging out with you. So please uh, let us know if you'd like to join us. Yeah. And it should be an, an interesting discussion if if our discussion earlier caught your interest definitely join us yeah for sure all right friends until next week stay safe keep reading and 
no matter where you go, wear your power leggings. <laughs> Always power leggings. Always. Thank you for listening. <laughs>